Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Right, okay, the green light is on. Can you hear me, Dubai? Hello. This is London calling. Yes, I can hear you calling. How's COP28? How long have you been there? Feels like four weeks, I'd say. <laughs> but I have actually been here Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. Today's Sunday. So I have been here. Uh, so I arrived three days ago. And who have you gone with? Is this basically that you were upset not to get an invite? You know, it's it always smarts, but I have become accustomed to it over the years. Keir Starmer sort of... Oh. Got in there before you. Have you checked to see if your room is the same size, smaller or bigger than his room? No, Jeff, I haven't done that. Whenever I've gone on any kind of work trip, that is the first thing that I want to know. Really? Yes. I don't believe that's where you'd be, Jeff. So, so how is it? How is it? It, it doesn't seem like um, a vintage cop from outside. How is it from the inside? I mean, that is so. I, I feel myself feeling like. You've come such a long way that you can say it doesn't feel like a vintage cop. I mean, it's like you're a sort of fine wine connoisseur rating yes. the cops. Yes. Not a patch on cop three, says Jeff. <laughs> um, you know, I've sort of come to the view that these cops sort of, there is the negotiations that go on and then there's all kinds of other things that happen. And really, if you're not the government... It's less about the negotiations and more about the, for in our case, the sort of preparation for being in government, if we are in government after the next election, and building the relationships and, you know, sort of being, being kind of engaged in the, in the, well, engaged in, in, in discussions about all of the issues that we face. So so there's a sort of very kind of core, core, core of the negotiations. And then there is the sort of everything else that happens at these things. And I, and I suppose I used to think, well, 
it's only about the negotiations, but actually it's sort of, it's kind of about so much else that is going on, really. And we've met some, you know, we met the president of Brazil, Lula. Uh, Did you get a selfie? Met the, I didn't get a selfie, no, Jeff, but he asked for a selfie with me. No, I'm joking. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, we got a photo. Um, uh I met the we met the, the uh, UN Secretary General, uh, the Chinese representative, etc., etc., etc. Businesses, investors, um, yeah. So I suppose I was trying to work out in advance of this, in the many obviously hours I had to prepare for this, what I would say to you uh, about the situation. I would say that progress is both unstoppable and painfully slow. Right. Does that make sense? It it does. So 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 basically, there's this thing called the UNEP emissions gap report, which is obviously something that you know you kind of read most evenings, isn't it? I've, I've got it on my Christmas list, actually. <laughs> You've been waiting for the UNEP emissions gap report. Yes, yeah, Sarah, Sarah says you're so difficult to buy for. So I said, Do you know, what I'd love this year. It's the UNEP emissions gap report. So the UNEP emissions gap report uh, is like my favorite document in the climate world to be honest um i mean it's not it, it's got its depressing elements to it i warn you in advance but basically the U, the unep emission it's, it's not like a it's not i don't think it's a christmas present I, i'll just say that to you okay um i'm sorry to sort of disappoint, <laughs> disappoint i mean i was planning on reading it all of boxing day it's really really sort of an important report so it basically says as the name it, it does what it says on the tin jeff it says what is the gap between where we need to be and where we are. Um, and so I was talking to the director of the UNEP Environment Programme today, and she, she started sort of giving me a kind of, well, if you think about it, you should think about it in this way, which is it's about the number of gigatons. Do you remember gigatons, actually? Oh, do I remember you wanging on yeah. about gigatons? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Gigatons are the gigatons of emissions. And basically... I sort of basically interrupted her and said, look, look, I should just say to you, the UNEP emissions gap report is one of my, is my favourite document <laughs> of all the climate documents. And honestly, she looked at me like maybe I was sort of having her on. <laughs> and, then, and then she realised that I wasn't indeed having her on uh, because Tobias, who works for me, was like, no, he, he, honestly, he's not having you on. He's, he talks about this quite a lot. And so then I demanded like or demand didn't demand but but someone produced a hard copy of the unep emissions gap report and so we then went to the relevant table and did you and get her to sign it to you i did actually yes <laughs> no 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 sorry that wasn't a joke i did get her to sign it <laughs> no did but anybody else like I... uh, did anybody else at the entire cop 28 ask for a signed copy of the UNEP emissions gap No, before. that's just how valuable it's going to be. <laughs> it, you, I mean, no doubt in future years, Christie's will be, you know, auctioning this signed copy of the UNEP emissions, <laughs> uh, emissions gap report. But anyway, look, the, the, so the, here's the sort of thing you need to know. This is kind of de- really, this is, okay, so this is sort of depressing, I'm afraid. So basically, this is about where do we need to be in terms of the, the old... Uh, uh, gigatons um, and so basically what and what that tells you is that on current policies we're going to be at 56 gigatons in 2030 
Now, we'll be slightly lower if you look at what they call the nationally determined contributions, so the what countries put forward uh, in terms of... Uh, in terms of their pledges, if you like. So so more like 52. So this is the 52 versus the 56 is what cu- countries have promised versus what countries are actually doing po- in policy terms. So promised 52, yeah, in 2030. Mm-hmm. Are you with me? Still yes. with me? Yes, yes. Current policies, current policies 56. Uh, now, to be below two degrees of global warming, we need to lop off another... Uh, 11 gigatons by 2030, so not 52, but something like 41. And to be at, uh, below 1.5 degrees, we need to lop off another 19 gigatons. So that is obviously quite difficult because we in, are in December 2023. So that is, you know, relatively speaking, quite uh, depressing. Yes, now, that doesn't sound but, good. No, that's, that, that's correct. Uh, and what Inger Andersen of Denmark, who's the executive director of UNEP, said to me is, look, you know, a number of years ago, we'd have been heading for five degrees, maybe it, it, maybe as short a time ago as Paris, probably, you know, maybe not Paris, maybe a bit before Paris. And now we're heading for something like 2.73 degrees, depending, you, you can sort of have an argument about exactly which pledges when and so on. So we've made a lot of progress but there is so it's not like oh my god we've got to despair there's like literally we're making no progress everything's going backwards etc 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 um but but it's painfully slow and any good news from cop i bet you meet some great people look, look the good news is that the world is making progress uh it's just making progress too slowly uh and i think the other piece of news i would say is that uh rishi sunak I mean, Rishi Sunak's net zero retreat in September has really been noticed, and not in a good way. Is he a pariah amongst the international community? People are really disappointed in Britain. I mean, we like the kind of, you know, person in the class that's let let people down. People had high hopes for us. I mean, I think genuinely, genuinely, I think it's bad for him. The engagement does does sort of matter. And there, I tell you a piece of good news. Lula won the election in Brazil. He's now committed to uh, zero deforestation, net, net forest deforestation by 2030. That is a massive change from Bolsonaro, his predecessor. Um, he's incredibly serious about environmental issues. Uh, yeah, that is, yeah, that's a piece of good news. And have you bumped into any friendly faces, any friends of the pod? I mean, the UN, the, the UN Secretary General didn't mention it, but he's got other things to deal with. Has he? Um, I mean, he must have to commute. Him. What is he listening to on his commute? I didn't ask that, Jeff. But the big cop, well, a big cop, is going to be in Brazil in two right. years' time, when hopefully there'll be a Labour government. And I wonder if your opinion that actually the room where the negotiations is happening, that's not the place to be actually at these cops. It's been on the outside where the interesting conversations happen. I wonder if that opinion... Well, I don't think I'm saying that. I think I'm saying that there's two different cops going on here, or many, many different cops. There is the negotiations, which are obviously incredibly important. And look, can I just say one thing, which is people ask, isn't this just a whole waste of time and a big jolly and this, that and the other? It is not a waste of time because it's a forcing mechanism to force world leaders to come to these events and be in the spotlight for what they're doing or not doing. 
And that really, mm. really matters. Now, not every world leader is here and so on, but having world leaders come, you know, there was a fund announced on the first day for lo- so-called loss and damage, which wouldn't have happened without the COP. Which Although I, th- I thought those numbers looked paltry. Uh, well, they're small and, 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 you know, but but you've got to start somewhere. The thing that convinces me being here is that there is a real role for British leadership. Mm. Uh and we're off the stage under the current government, and people are—you know—people have to be careful. But they are basically really keen for us to be in power because they think, well, at least there'll be a part, a government that's really committed on this agenda. Well, let's see what COP twenty nine brings, Ed. You, you sound sort of very kind of sceptical. No, it's like, I, I think it's obvious that, that Labour are going to be a government after the election, but you can't say that. So I'm, I'm trying to hold off, I'm trying to hold back a little bit. I'm the eternal warrior against complacency, Jeff. And you say it's not a big jolly. Is there any jolly, though? So I'm talking to you at um, midnight, pretty much your time. Should you be at the cop disco? <laughs> I haven't found it, if there is one. You think there's maybe a secret cop party to which I, you're I, not invited? I, I, look, it's possible. It's possible. Look, maybe if you'd been here, we would have gone to the cop disco together. Although you wouldn't want to go to the disco. I don't know why you're sort of pretending. Well, what what is pretending. that emissions gap report called but again? You, the I, I've heard that the report. UNEP emissions gap report party is the hot place to be. Have you, have you not had an invite? <laughs> Look, it's all it's about, all the, gigatons, about the gigatons, Jeff. And did you take along an enormous aerial in uh, oversized baggage uh, that you could have fixed to the hotel roof in order to watch Doctor Who? I haven't got round to that, no. It was it was good again this week. You really enjoyed it last week. She texted me about it, but uh, but it was after we recorded the podcast. Uh, yes, I thought it was fantastic. And that Yasmin Finney, who played um, Donna Noble, Catherine Tate's character's daughter, what a star! Yeah, I know. I thought she was. Uh, I thought the. I thought the whole thing. And actually, you know, my children have never. My children have sort of. Uh, been rather Doctor Who resistant, partly because I think they found it quite scary when they were smaller, but we sort of converted them to And it. they enjoyed it, did they? And they enjoyed it. I think it's a good reset. I think it's a good point to come back in again. You think it is? Yeah. Do you think uh, do you think David Tennant's dying that hair? I don't think so. I think he, we saw him on stage and oh, I don't man, think Same age as you, hair. not a grey hair in sight, not even in the beard. You're making an adverse comparison, I think. Well, with me more than with you. I'm younger and I'm nothing but grey these days. Yeah. Is there, a, is there a souvenir shop at COP? The COP shop? I feel like I should take some photos for you and send them to you. Yeah, or, or a souvenir would be nice. Okay. Is, there a, gi- is there a gift, sh- gift shop? I mean, I'm sure I can buy some something for you, yeah. Like a nice COP anything... tea towel or something. Okay, let, shall I investigate that for you? There must be a sustainable gift shop at COP. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, I sent you various items. You did. Um one of which was uh, an article about a Swedish campaign to say hi to people in the street. Now, I was surprised by this because for all the wonderful things uh, about Sweden as a society, people do tend to uh, avoid eye contact and chatting to strangers Are unless sure? they're drunk. I think you've made, Jeff, I think you've made a mistake. I think it was a Swedish campaign to say hi to people who sent you messages about Swedish campaigns to say hi to people in the street. <laughs> I think you're on very thin ice if you want to get into the whole who replies more often than the other one. <laughs> I, I'm sure you've got it wrong. I'm yeah. sure you've got it wrong. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, I think, I think you've made an error here. I think you, I think you've made a sort of I'm totally understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I have the time to uh, pull the data together and make some infographics if you want in time for next week. What? This is like a Lib Dem bar chart. Yeah. Um, yeah, so th- this was... Then, a- yeah, yeah, go on. No, no, you carry so, on. So this was an article in The Guardian. Uh, this is a, There's a city in the north of Sweden called yeah. Luleå, and um, they're, they're trying to tackle the loneliness epidemic by asking residents to say hey to strangers. And a journalist decided to test it out in central London. How do you think it would work out in Britain? Well, um, the the journalist in question, who I like, Hannah Jane Parkinson, uh, tried it out. And I think initially people were a little suspicious, but she had some good conversations. I think you would love nothing more than to go around saying hi to everybody you meet. Totally. But your experience of moving through the world isn't the same as other people's because, you know, half half the people see your face and they recognise it. They think, oh, there's Nick Clegg or Rishi Sunak, whoever the last person you've been mistaken for was. Rishi Sunak, most recently, yes. Yeah. It happened again, like, I think I don't... That's why I kind of was amazed. I I was at Nottingham City Council offices and a guy walked past me and he goes, oh, look, there's Rishi Sunak. And you're sure he wasn't taking the... uh, What was really weird was that... I was with some. I was with my someone from my office and saying that this had happened uh, in crew, and he looked sort of slightly like kind of nice story, but you've probably made it up. And then it happened in Nottingham that day. Yes, I mentioned it to my mother-in-law, and um, oh my goodness! And what did she say? She said, "Yes, he does she look said, a bit." She said, "You do look a bit like Rishi uh, Sunak." Well, okay, well then, that's that. That maybe that's the explanation. I don't see it at all. Anyway, back to this. I think it's planet politics. Actually, I think that's the thing. We have an invader from planet politics. So what do you think about this initiative then, Ed? Well, I do like the idea of small acts of kindness. But is saying hello an act of kindness or is it um, you're just bringing a bit more awkwardness awkwardness into the world? Yeah. Well, I think where you have a point is I don't think I think introverts sort of get a bad rap because it's somehow people aren't very understanding of being an introvert. Yeah, I think that's right. I think if you're an extrovert, you assume that everybody is energised by the company of other people. Now, I like other people, but I also need to go and recharge after having been around them. It's exactly what my wife says, you see. If I was to get into dozens of micro-interactions a day, it would be very draining. And what does that mean, the recharge, exactly? 
It's like a like a battery being recharged or like plugging in your mobile phone. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Whereas I think speaking, I think it's for you, draining. speaking to draining. people is the, is the act of recharging your mobile phone. I mean, that is exactly right. And let me ask you this question: Do you perceive any awkwardness in your small talk? <laughs> because I, uh, this is this is I, I constantly am evaluating how poorly every interaction has gone that can be anything to saying uh hello to whoever's delivering the post to buying a coffee in a local cafe or bumping into one of the other parents at the school gates it's like i've constantly got a third eye critiquing whether it was a successful or an unsuccessful interaction but that's because you're obviously someone who's incredibly hard on yourself but do, do you do you because i think a lot of people have i don't it, think i d- okay well look is it is that about A, the quality of your interactions? Probably not. Or is it B, about the fact that you're incredibly hard on yourself? Probably That's, yes. I, I think if you heard some of these interactions, you'd disagree with that. Well, I don't think so. I, I like to be friendly as I move around the world. You know, I'll always say if I'm buying something, I'll say, hello, how are you? But I never really know where to go with it after that. No, but I think you're just being hard on yourself, aren't you? I don't know. I think it's quite important to be sort of someone serving in a shop or whatever. It's quite nice to be sort of say thank you or hello. or I mean, maybe you don't want to do the full, like, you know, you don't have to start a conversation with everybody. No, but I, I don't mean, want to leave the, the sweet- shop and then have them say to their colleague, God, that guy's so creepy. It's always so awkward when he tries to make conversation. But they probably wouldn't say that. They'd say, well, that's a, that guy's really nice. He's, or they'd say nothing. Confident. I wouldn't occur to them. It's probably the truth. Yeah. I try, I try to... Make- but I think, it, I think it's, it, this is a bit like you telling me, don't be clumsy or something. You know, it's like you can say that to me as much as you like, but it sort of... It's not going to make me less clumsy. Yeah. It might make me only marginally less clumsy. So... So it's sort of like me saying to you, don't think that. Yeah. Well, maybe about the social interaction, yes, but the but the needing to recharge your batteries, that seems to me to be a sort of ner- nature, not nurture thing, isn't it? I think that's right. I think that's right. I do try to be kind of a friendly presence as I move through the world because I think that's part of how you make the world a better place. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try smiling at people. But my wife says I have quite a creepy smile. No, that's really horrible, Jeff. It's not true. But that's just people being sort of hypercritical, isn't it? She holds I'm me sure to a high standard. True. I'm sure that's not true. I mean, I'm holding you to a high standard, given how much you've gone on about the fact that I don't text you back. <laughs> I actually sent you two things, didn't I? Well, three yeah. things. Here's, here's None of which what... I got a reply to. Here's what I thought. I thought, oh, that's that's great. We'll talk about those on the podcast. I didn't think they I oh, didn't I think you were soliciting yeah, a reply. I mean to be I mean, to be honest, I mean, to be honest, I think that is a totally fair enough. I kind of just saw the ability, the opportunity to scramble to high ground. Because your classic reply is just the word fine, full stop. I know. Which sounds very annoyed. If somebody sends you fine, full stop, it sounds like they're saying it through gritted teeth. It's not as bad as yet. (laughs) And then on the rare occasions you want something, you'll put a little kiss on the end of your text messages. I don't think I've ever done yep to you. No. I also sent you something from The Guardian by the... We don't only read The Guardian. By the Hannah Devlin, the science correspondent. Now, this was a hard one to reply to. Astronomers have detected a rare and extremely high-energy particle falling to Earth that is causing bafflement because it's coming from an apparently empty region of space. Uh, The particle named Terasu after the sun goddess in Japanese mythology is one of the highest energy cosmic rays ever detected. 
It appears to have emerged from the local from the local void, Big L, Big V, uh, an empty area of space bordering the Milky Way galaxy. I mean, this is just wild, isn't it? It's really wild. So, so this is super high energy. They don't really understand yeah. where it's come from. It doesn't make any sense. Its energy is the equivalent to a golf ball traveling at ninety five miles per hour, and it is second only to a particle that was detected in 1991, which was called the Oh My God particle. Is that true? Yes. Maybe one of our listeners can, like, come on and describe the local void to us. Well, what this this unidentified source in the local void, I think they'd have to explain the... I mean, you know, you and I think the local void is sort of a kind of empty shop in sort of round the corner. I mean, you know... (laughs) Yeah, maybe we could get Brian Cox to explain it to us. Maybe that's true. Maybe Brian Cox is listening and he could he could explain it to us. Not the uh, not the anyway, succession Brian Cox. I mean he, he could have practice explaining it to us if you Anyway, there to. was a sort of local void in terms of your reply to that text message as well. <laughs> so where where do you think this will go then? Do you think there's any way I could absorb it into my body and become um a superhero? No, I don't, I don't think I don't think it's coming for you, Jeff. But if I stood in the right place it would be. I don't think so. I don't think it's, it's not about to hit Earth, is it? It is. It's falling to Earth. Oh, yes. I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah. These events seem like they're coming from completely different places in the sky. It's not like there's one mysterious source, said Professor John Belts of the University of Utah. It could be defects in the structure of space-time, colliding cosmic strings. I mean, I'm just spitballing crazy ideas that people are coming up with because there's not a conventional explanation. Is that you who said that, or Professor John? Funnily enough, it was not me. It was Professor John. Uh, well, maybe was, maybe we could take suggestions on where it's coming from from our listeners. Yeah, I think it's kind of it's quite. It's, this is quite. This, I think it's quite. It's quite rarefied. This. Have we had any correspondence about the podcast? I've had some um, nice tweets and messages on social media. To be honest, we've not been giving out the email. And, um, this, email. Uh, I, this is my fault. I said to Ed, I'll set up a new email that says chatteroo at cheerfulpodcast.com. Yeah. But I, I haven't figured out how to do it yet. So we've just got the old I email see. address. But I, I will say, if you are still with us, I don't, I don't know if people still with us, well, that remains to be seen. But if you're still with us for the chatteroo and there's stuff that you'd like to hear us talking about or you'd like to ask us about, do send us an email and we can uh, stick it on the agenda. So where would they send it? So just use the old one for now, reasons at cheerfulpodcast.com or go to the website cheerfulpodcast.com. And and also, you know, if people have things that they want to sort of ask us about, want to want us to discuss, I mean, it makes us sound like we, I mean, preferably not particle physics on the basis of the <laughs> conversation we've just had. Um, but if there's sets of issues that it would be interesting for us to talk about, uh, books you'd like to recommend, articles you'd like to recommend that you've yeah. noticed, TV. If you want to like give to us recommend. advice on how to get past this slightly odd text reply situation that we seem to have found ourselves in, we, yeah, we, I think I'm. If I, there are I, any I, couples I, I, therapists listening, I think why don't we just have a new rule, okay? Which is that when we send stuff to each other, which is about the to discuss on the podcast, a reply is not necessary. So I'm absolving you of non-replyness, okay. Yeah. And then any other text message, it has to be a bare minimum of that thing where you hold your thumb down and then you can send back a heart or a thumbs up or worse. a thumbs down or a ha-ha. No, I think that's worse. Than just completely ignoring someone. Well, I think on the other ones, it's just a matter of choice as to whether you feel inspired to respond. But but non-responses should not be taken as sort of disapproval or disinterest. Okay, I'm going to clip you saying that and then the next time you bring it up, <laughs> I'll play it back to you. 
Fair enough. No, no, but it's not me that generally brings it up. It's you that brings it up. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the receiving end or the non-receiving end more often than not. Yeah, that, that I think that is true. Yeah. I think I'm off back to the cop. Oh, back to the, uh, the, the Gap Report disco. Yeah, I wish you could be there. Well, enjoy yourself dancing the night away. I mean, genuinely, genuinely, people have come up. I'm not just saying this. People have come up to me saying that they really enjoy the podcast. Lovely. So that's good, isn't it? Yeah, good for, good for our self-esteem. I should say, I should say this is a bit sad, but I should say at the end that I was at Pete Betts' funeral last Wednesday um, and there was a moment of silence for him at the beginning of the plenary. I wasn't in the plenary, but there was a moment, apparently a moment of silence for him. This is Pete Betts, who was the lead negotiator for the UK, also became the lead negotiator for the, the for Europe, uh, and who sadly died recently and was an amazing guy. And uh, we missed him massively. The, the The process and the cop misses him massively. And what an example of what a difference you can make with a life as well. Exactly. All right, I shall release you into the remainder of your cop stay. Thanks so much. That's what my wife says when she needs to wind up a phone call. She says, well, I should release you into your afternoon. It's her way of winding it up whilst making the other person feel like they're incredibly busy and they should be getting on with things. That's good. It's a good one. You can use that. Thank you. Although you're not analysing your small talk like we are. Your small talk is excellent, Jeff. Thank you. See you next week for more Chatteroo. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.